Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of Women in Confidence. Lovely to have you here. This week, I am joined by Nina Cruz. Now, Nina is a certified conscious parent coach. She's also a social worker and a meditation teacher, and her mission is to support parents in building healthy connections with their children. She helps parents heal their own childhood wounds when a parent's inner world shifts, their outer world changes. And this transforms the parent-child dynamic. Look, I'm a parent of two teenagers, so you know I'm well into that space of wanting to have better connections with my kids. And I'm definitely keen to understand from Nina and learn from what she's got to tell us and to be a more confident parent. So Nina, hello and welcome to Women in Confidence. Thanks, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. I'm really yeah. glad to be here. Look, I think, Nina, you are probably... The first podcast guest from in Australia I've had for a very long time. So it's lovely that you're in the same time zone as me. <laughs> well, it kind of it should make it easier, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I also should point out that this the the sound gods or the noise gods are not on my side today. I think every helicopter in Melbourne is flying over. <laughs> my next door neighbor's cutting the grass, and my dog insisted on coming in to join yeah. us, and she's snoring. So. I'm oh. sorry to all the listeners. I'm sorry to you, Nina, but it, you know, we're just, that's yeah. what happens when you have uh, an at-home podcast. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go no, this, is, this is actually perfection because this is what parenting is about. There is no ideal space. <laughs> oh, super. <laughs> right. Before we get into that parenting thing and, and being a confident parent and a confident individual, because I know that's what we're going to talk about, ask, answer this question for me. What does having confidence mean to you? You know, for me, having confidence is is really an inside job. It's really having that certainty from within. It's being guided from within. And, you know, it's it's kind of like being able to be in the world and do in the world and take action from a place outside or be way beyond what you see with your two eyes. So it's really, it's that inner knowing it that it's that you know you're not you're not seeking you know from somebody else outside of you you're not seeking to um get an opinion or get somebody else's acceptance you just know it's a knowing and it's it's uh yeah it's so powerful to be in your own confidence to be able to go for what you want regardless of what the outside world is telling you or regardless of any other person's opinion of you uh and that's really pure confidence from an an inside out sort of job okay so taking what you've just described as confidence how do you then adapt that into your work in the conscious conscious parenting and working with your clients Mm. well conscious parenting is really aware parenting it's becoming aware of what you bring to your child and and your history, your your own narrative of your own childhood experiences and how you're coming to uh, the moment from your history and from your possibly projections. So, um, you know, in terms of being a confident parent, it's really being guided from within. It's attuning to yourself first and then being able to attune to your child and what is your child needing in that moment and also looking at how is that impacting me, what 
am I experiencing on the inside? So it's all coming from the inside and then we're expressing it on the outside instead of, you know, most of us grew up with outside in. We have to look outside of ourselves first to get like orientated, but now we're starting to come from within and we're starting to attune to ourself and our child. And it's come parenting from a very different space because you're not preoccupied with uh, what's going on on the outside so much of what other people are doing. You stay in your own parenting lane and you have that confidence from within to know because you're going by your inner knowing of what is the next best step for myself and for my child. Do I need to hold a boundary? Do I need to say no? Do I need to um, connect? Do I need to let go? I mean, that's a big one for parents. Letting go is is the challenge. We want to come from control and fear-based parenting strategies and conscious parenting is about a new paradigm beyond fear and uh, control because control is a, a myth. We cannot control our child, and I'm sure most parents listening will realize that. <laughs> I think most parents would like to have some control over their mm. parent, and I guess that's where some of the the lack of confidence of being a parent comes from, because you feel like you know I can control my job, mm. I can control mm. you know my money, I can control you know X Y number of things. But mm. why can't I control this child? And I think, I mean, I've been through it. Um, mm. I'm probably still going through it. I mean, teenagers, it's just a different kind of, of um, experience. I guess that to me, that's where the lack of confidence comes because there there isn't a lot of control. Mm. And I know the human is designed to have patterns and control. And, and I'm not sure there's really a question in here, but is that your... And is that what shows up when your clients come and they're like, I just don't get it. I can control so much in my life, but yeah, I can't mm-hmm. control my own yeah. flesh and blood. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I experienced myself. That's what brought me to the work really. And yeah, every parent I speak to, we have this illusion or delusion that we can control our child. I mean, you kind of think, didn't we figure it out already? We can't control our partner. Why should we be able to control our child? So yeah, the the myth of control is big. And, you know, if you look at the energy of control, it's, if you look at like, why are we trying to control something? On the other side of it would be that we feel there's an out of control element. And, and, and that's, coming from us. So our real fear is, is in lack, in, in scarcity. We're in that fear-based model and we're just projecting it onto our child. Our child, we, we don't need to control, but control, it basically masks and fixes and stops us dealing with what's really going on, the truth beyond what we can see in a behaviour or what's going on before our eyes. There's, there's a deeper truth the work I do is really to look within and see what is really going on inside myself. And then what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What are my action steps towards my child or anything in your life, really your partner, your work, your business, how is that being projected? Because everything is literally a mirror of what's going on inside of us. So our life becomes a mirror. And when we start to look in the mirror and go, Oh, I don't know if I like what I see and I don't know if I like, you know, the way I actually dealt with my child then or the message I sent them, then we we become responsible and then we start to, you know, look at our own patterns that are playing out and until we start to look at them, they're just playing by default and by unconsciously 
projecting out onto our child. I mentioned in the introduction that you help parents heal their own childhood wounds. And, you know, I said, you know, when a parent's inner world shifts, their outer world changes, and you've explained that. But let's talk about childhood wounds. And I mean, hypothetically, because I had a brilliant childhood, Mm. if somebody goes through a traumatic childhood or not necessarily even trauma with a big T, is that likely to play out in how they then go and parent? Yeah, absolutely. Until we become aware, we will parent, we can parent from our wound, from our wounded spaces, from our um, unresolved emotional legacies from childhood. So, you know, that could look like we can't deal with emotion. We learnt to stuff our emotions down because we didn't have that safety. We didn't have that security growing up that, you know, someone was there holding our hand saying it's okay to feel big feelings. So then we go, uh, we have a child and our child has big feelings and we can't deal with that. We can't see our child emotional. We can't be emotional ourselves. So this mirroring going on and then we, we have to contain it. So it could look like trying to make it better, you know, trying to, to um, please them, try to, um, you know, control it or go to your room squash those emotions, go and send the child to the room. So then they squash their own emotions and they don't have support to deal with their own emotions. So it can play out in an array of ways when we haven't looked at our own, our own stuff, our own narrative, our own histories to be able to see because the, the gold is in looking at it and observing it and then not stepping into it and creating from it, not, not projecting it out. Once we become aware of it, then we can see it and then we can choose something different of how we want to parent, really. You got me thinking when you said, like, go to your room. I I guess it's just a, yeah, it's obviously something that parents have got to a point where they don't have the skill set to deal with it. And so the obvious thing is just go to your room. I mean, let's take that example because I imagine there's so many people listening who resort mm-hmm. to go to your room or I don't want to talk to you or I don't want to see you or all these sorts of things. And you know, these are some of this is some of the language I've used. What's your not a solution so much, but what would you recommend when people have got themselves into such a state that the only thing they can come out yeah. with is yeah. I can't be around this person anymore? So going to ro- your room is is something that just happens to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Well, you know, there is no such thing as perfect parenting. We're going to keep learning and relearning and unlearning. And, and you know, when we have that moment and we, we can't deal with what's going on right now because the challenge is we struggle to deal with the as-is of the moment of what's actually showing up in the moment. We're often either projecting to the future or we're in the past and we're recreating the past into our present moment. So when, you know, we're triggered, something happens and our child may have done something or didn't do something or whatever it might be, or you're stressed, you've got a lot on at work and you bring it home and then it just tips over and you react. Uh, You send your child to the room where we're just basically trying to shut that down because we can't be with the feelings and what's being elicited in the moment. So it's not, uh, you know, a bad thing per se, like bad in inverted commas, it's great data. You're learning. When you become aware that you're doing that, then you can go, I wonder why I can't 
be with that emotion. I wonder why, what was really going on. And remember, we're not seeing things as they are. We're seeing things through the lens of how we were conditioned in our childhood. So it's very rare that we see exactly what is. And, and we're very rarely in the present moment. And that's that's really where we need to stay in the present moment and dealing with what is going on. Right now, we project out to the future of fears of what my child might be like in the future, or uh, we we look at at the past. So in that moment, you'd get curious and you start to check in with what was really going on. And then you can repair. Uh, you, there's always repair available to, with your child. If you say something you regret, you can show them that you can repair, that we're not perfect, that we, that we say things that we regret. And you can go and repair that and say, I didn't really mean that. You know what? I was really stressed. I've had a really bad day at work and I took it out on you. And they're learning that through the process of how to deal with challenge, how to repair, how to, you know, become responsible, basically. So it would be great data to see what, what are you doing? What are your action steps when you're triggered? And what's your go-to? Where do you go to in your head? What do you think about? You know, often it's like, my child's not listening to me. My child disrespects me. Then how do you feel? when that happens, you don't feel great. You feel like not loved, not, you know, not the best parent. And then what do you do? You act on that. You act from that loop. So we're not acting from really what's going on. We're acting from the whole show uh, in our head. And then we just project it out. So it would really beginning to become aware. The first step is of what, what do I do? What, where do I go in my head? And, you know, what's really truth? Because often you've got stories playing out that aren't truth. And then, you know, we start to look at what we're doing and then we disrupt that loop. And then we don't even play out that loop. We just go to a new creation. We want to step out of that dysfunction, which was a, a patterning created in childhood to keep us safe. But now we're a parent and often our strategies as a child are not going to work as a parent anymore or in life. Yeah. I've got about three questions to ask. You. I hope you don't forget them. <laughs> so my first one, and I still really hope I don't forget the other ones. My first one is your clients, do they come to you with children of all ages? And is the approach the same for a parent of, say, a five-year-old and going through that phase than it is of a parent who is mm. 15, 16-year-old? Yeah. Yeah, they come all different kids, all different ages, stages, challenges and the work is on the parent of the child so I just turn the mirror on to the parent gently <laughs> and we look at what's really going on for them and you know I've experienced it in my life the magic that is created when we start to take responsibility for ourselves and then we start to parent with presence and in the moment and things open up you know, you don't see, you see new things. When you start to look and see, oh my gosh, I am parenting, you know, whether it was the way I was parented or, or, oh, I thought I was not controlling, but look at me, go, I control everything. I micromanage everything. I can't, all the anxiety that I have, I can't even sit still with my children. I'm asking them questions all the time. So when the parent starts to look at themselves, you know, it's a wake up call. And then they're able to see really what they're focusing on because our focus is creating our experience. And once they start to see 
what they've been focusing on, like my child not doing this and not doing that and not listening, you get more of what you're looking for. So once we start to shift the focus, well, what do they want to create? And we shift the focus, the child changes as well. The child shifts. When your focus shifts, you start to see new things in your child. And I experienced with my kids, uh, if I, I know when my focus is out, when my kids are, you know, sort of I'm, I'm focusing on something, maybe I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that, just expands. So when I shift onto really what I want to create with my kids, they change. It's magical. So it's really the gateway is to see your shit, like, you know, your stuff. That's mm-hmm. the gateway. So often we're trying to avoid it. You know, I, I don't want this to happen and I don't want that to happen. Oh, I can't look at myself. We're avoiding it. And what you resist persists. So the more we avoid and resist it, the bigger it gets. The only way to get to the gold and to, to the magic is to go through and understand and see your patterns and see how they play out and be curious with non-judgmental and compassionate. And Oh, I had to be that way. I had to be that perfect good girl in my childhood to seek to get loved. And now I'm doing it with my kids and, you know, okay. But then we, we, we don't beat ourselves up. We see it because the ego really wants to keep us in the same pattern. When we start to disrupt those patterns and start to notice them, we don't have to play out them anymore, but the ego does get noisy. Mm. I was going to ask you about the ego because when you were talking about turning the mirror gently onto the parent, there must be some ego that feels, mm-hmm. hang on a minute, or mm. feel uncomfortable. And I was going to ask you about the ego and what's, what does, role does that play in this process that mm. you take them through? Yeah. So yeah, because the ego will kick in often the first session or two, I'm really getting their ego, you know, until we deeper levels to their truth because the ego, it's a show. And, and until we become aware of when we're in the show, we can't, it's like, um, you know, I think there's a, a quote, you can't escape a prison if you don't know you're in one. So until we kind of unlayer a little bit and start to look at it, then the truth comes out. The ego, so the ego is a part of us that was created in childhood due to unmet needs and and it's our protective shell and it basically wants to keep us safe and in status quo in the same kind of anything outside uncertain is fearful for the ego. So it's not a bad thing, you know, it can get a bad rap, but it actually was there to keep us safe. So, you know, it did a great job. If we survived childhood, you know, and and we're here, it did its job. But now as we become adults, it it starts to separate us. Its, Its main job is to keep us safe. And that's through separation. Something happens with a friend or your child and you just like, I'm done. I I don't want anything to do with them anymore. You know, shut them out. It's the ego because, you know, it's like beats us up, builds us up or beats us down or builds other people up or beats them down. And it, it wants to keep us in the same scenario. So it's only based in past experience. So if you're going for something new outside of what you know, it's going to have a great time to try and remind you that no, no, that's not, that's not safe or tell you that's not a good idea. Or so it, it's going to do what it can. The fear will come up and the ego will come in with the thoughts that are all conditioned from childhood. 
and go, yeah, maybe not right now, maybe later, wait till the kids are older, you know, whatever goes on, it's going to keep you safe. And so when we parent, you know, and we get triggered by our child, our ego kicks in. We're often more likely to be parenting out of ego. We think we're parenting out of our heart. We think any kind of flavor of control, any fear, it's all ego. The ego will swoop in and want to protect us. So becoming aware of your ego, it doesn't mean that it's, it gets noisy when you do some inner work, when you start to notice things, it starts to get a bit noisy. But the beauty is that the less you give it your power and the less you give it your focus, it, it, it quiets down. It's going to always be there. It's always a part of us, but it doesn't have to run the show. We can thank it. And then you can see it in your kids. You see the ego in your kids and you can see it in your partner and you can see it all over the place. You know, whenever anybody's having a big tantrum or a big uh, meltdown or it's ego <laughs> because it, it often is in a victim role. So you talked about lack and lack of confidence. Lack is a part of ego because we have unmet needs. We have lack in childhood. There's a lack element. So, you know, when we lack confidence, that's the ego. The, the, the voices and the, you know, the tape of the ego, will, we will believe that we lack confidence. Mm -hmm. when we, we don't lack anything, really. But we believe in the story of the ego and what it tells us. Yeah, you're not good at that. You can't do that. You're, you're a bad mom. You're a bad dad. You, you know, oh, you never get it right. You know, it keeps us in the same patterning. Oh, you, you can't be, you're not confident. You can't have that. No, no, no. You know, so when we believe it, we just play it out. And that's why we're playing out the past all the time until we realize that, hang on, I don't, I don't want to play in that playground anymore. And that's the beauty of parenting because there's a point where you kind of go, hang on, maybe something's not working with my kids. And that's what parents come to me when they're in generally a challenge. And then the beauty is it opens up not only their connection with their child, but a whole new life for them to create outside of the ego. Whilst you were talking, I remember I mean, it seems so old fashioned now, but I remember going to marriage lessons, you know, like yeah, this is how yeah. you marriage and you ask yeah. all the questions. Um, but nobody, I don't remember ever anybody apart from the mechanics of giving birth and actually physically keeping this thing alive. Yeah. I don't remember it when I was sort of a, a new mum, anyone saying, and have you ever thought about how you're going to actually parent? Yeah. And no. I don't know, maybe that's changed now, Nina, and, and you can put me straight on that. But why is there a big gap? Because parenting is bloody scary. Mm. It's something mm. you have no experience of at all. And there's so much potential to mess it up. Yeah, well, surprising you say about marriage. I, I don't know if everybody gets that, but it is kind of like the wedding. And then the marriage doesn't get much attention. It, it talked about it's the wedding. It's the wedding day. And that lasts for a day. It's like the birthing day. We're all prepared for the birthing day. And then what? And then the real game begins. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of talk about parenting, um, you know, per se. I think, you know, we go in because we're all, you know, oxytocined up and we're all in the love bubble. And we're like, this is going to be great. This is going to be perfect. You know, I've waited all my life since I was a child for my own baby. And then they arrive. And the child we have is the, is, it's like perfection. It is exactly what, we need to grow ourselves up. So it's starting to look at your child as your teacher. And that's a very different way 
to old traditional parenting. Traditional parenting is hierarchical. It's I'm here, you're down there. I know more than you. So when you flip that model and you start to see the lessons that your child is teaching you, it's a very different space to parent from. And you're coming from more of a curious energy than a control fear-based energy. Yeah, look, I totally wish someone had told me about this preconception. I want to be really prepared preconception, but it doesn't happen. And, you know, if you are one of those people that finds out about it early on, you know, amazing, mm. because the critical years of parenting are in the first three years. <laughs> and that's not to say that you're going to be perfect and you're going to, you know, your child's not going to have an ego. They're always going to have an ego and an inner child. We can't avoid it. It's the setup of, of this life of duality that we've arrived in of of separation but you know what you can make a big difference in those first three years to your child and the brain development and yeah if you learn early on I I came to it about uh, my daughter my son was about three and my daughter was about uh, one but you know what what I would have done (laughs) my ego wanted it before but it didn't happen (laughs) I remembered one of my questions and it's to do with childhood wounds Mm. So does a does a wound have does it happen once or is it like drip sort of fed? So you think if your something so traumatic happens but happens once, mm. does that tend to play out the same as if it was just a, a series of I don't know criti- critical comments made at you over periods of time? I mean, just just help me understand what you yeah, mean by yeah. wound. Yeah. So from my understanding, we have like a core a core wound generally. You know, and and these kind of flavors are I'm not good enough, and you know I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy. You know, they're all similar. They're all in lack, basically. So it's like a wound of lack. We we have like a, a core. You're gonna have your flavor. I'm gonna have my flavor. And so, you know, when we get triggered, it just trips. It's like scratching that wound kind of thing. But but the whole you know premise of this work is to notice and um, become aware so you're not playing out that wound that loop that we're not going in to fix anything just like we're not going to fix our child there's nothing wrong with our child there's nothing to fix when you go in to fix something you're assuming there's something wrong so The work is to understand yourself at a deeper level and understand why you do what you do and why you think certain ways and understand also all these thoughts and feelings that are going on are conditioned from our past. Um, And so we're often just regurgitating the past. And then we step into what we want to create. There's no need to fix. There's no need to, there's nothing to fix when what was created was really perfection to keep us safe. So we see it in a new way. You know, often people are on a journey of trying to heal this and heal that. Well, how will you ever know you're healed? Like, how will you ever know you get to a point? If you've got the not enough program and pattern, you're never going to get there. (laughs) You're not worthy. You're never going to be worthy for enough healing going on. So we want to understand the wounds and what's gone on beneath the surface and what's playing out right now. You don't have to go to childhood to figure it out. It's going to be playing out right now with your child, in your business, in your life, wherever you go, it's going to be there. And then we become aware and then we step into what we want to create with our child, with your work, whatever it is. But, you know, with your child, it'd be like, I want to be a connected parent. I want to be a present parent. I want these 
the years my children are in their childhood to be beautiful memories. You know, we're creating their childhood. We're responsible in ways to create their childhood. You know, do you want to be reacting and yelling at the, your child all the moments? Is that what you want to remember when you're older and they look back at their childhood? Because we don't have to be a reactive parent. You said that you uh, came to conscious parenting when you, I think your son was three and your daughter was one. What brought you to it in the first place? Or what, you know, I always think things happen for a reason, things come mm, to you. What mm. brought you to it? Well, I just stumbled on it. Um, so my teacher who was, she was on Oprah. So her name's Dr. Shafali Sabari and she was on Oprah and I was watching it as you do at home. And I was like, oh my God, this is I just so resonated with me. And I'd always done a lot of introspective work and self-help and, you know, Tony Robbins and I've done Dr. Joe and all this sort of stuff. But having someone in the parenting space and I was in the thick of parenting in the early, earlier years was like, wow, yeah. You know, it, it had flavours of what other things I'd done, but I hadn't heard from in, in terms of parenting. And it just really resonated and I could see how a lot of the challenges I was having, say, with my son were all my projections. It was me. It was all me. It was nothing wrong with mm. him. There was nothing. He was just a young, a boy that arrived that wanted to be in charge and he wanted, you know, he has a strong will and he, he showed me, you know, he, he's taught me. And so it's my daughter, you know, really more about me and where I swoop in and where I try and control. And in order for me to be able to connect to them, I had to let go of control. They told, they showed me, you want to connect with me. You can't be in control. We'll, we'll, propel from you and that's exactly what happened until I had to let go of of a lot of the controlling and then what point did you think I want to do this as part of my work I Mm. want to help other parents what how what sort of came to you then yeah well it I just began um you know doing more study um and then Dr. Shafali offered a year, uh, a five-month coaching program. I was in her first cohort. So um, it just became the way I'd already was a social worker. So I was already in the self-help kind of helping business. I was also doing uh, health and fitness. So I was always fascinated by human behavior and why do they know what to do, but they're not doing it. I was always like, yeah, yeah, tell them to drink water and do this and eat this and exercise and and no, why aren't they doing it? You know, uh, so I, that was always my fascination. And and then I just basically it just rolled on like it became the next course. And then I was like, right, she's doing a coaching course. I'd already done wellness coaching, but it just it I was parenting. I was so in the trenches, you know, in the younger years. And also I'd started a blog, you know, writing because I love writing. So I was writing about my experiences and what helped me. And um, that just flowed through to then beginning to coach parents. And, you know, it's amazing how a lot of the clients I get uh, have very similar paths to me. I'm just a little bit further along the path on them than they are. Or I've, I've, you know, my kids are a bit older or I've dealt with challenges that they're going through. So it's it's really a magical Uh, experience the clients you get and how I've been there I've done it I've been through certain challenges they've been through and that's what I really love about it being able to support parents and do you still write do you still have a blog 
So I write more on, on social media. I just um, contributed to two books, actually three. So the next one will be mine. <laughs> so I contributed to a book called Letters to My Son, just a small book. Um, I wrote a letter and I wrote some poems for that. And then I contributed to a, a book called No Problem Parenting. I wrote a chapter on consciously creating your epic mama journey. And then recently I wrote another chapter which hasn't been published yet. Uh, yeah, finding magic in, in your parenting. So that'll be coming out Christmas. I think that's in Australia. And the other book was in the US. Oh, the first one was in Australia too. And you say it's a chapter. Will you, do you think you'll ever write your own yeah. standalone? But you will. Yeah, that's my next one. I'm <laughs> I love writing. I I, you know, I was this morning, I was at the gym and I just start writing things. I just, just drops into me. I just, I love, I've always loved writing and poems. And since I was young, I used to write things. So yeah, I'm a bit of a writer. <laughs> and Nina, how can people find you? Because there'll be people listening who think, oh my gosh, I have to speak to Nina because, yeah, yeah. you know, everything you've just said resonates with them. So how can people find mm. you? Yeah, well, I'm on, uh, you know, Facebook, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching, uh, Instagram at Nina Cruz Coach. Got a website, Nina Cruz Conscious Coaching.com. I do offer three free 30 minute discovery sessions uh, for new new clients that can book in through my website. Um, I think I'm on LinkedIn, not as not as busy, not as active on there, but also I have a private group called Conscious Creators Collective and you know, I post on all, all the stuff I've been doing, all the offerings. Um, I do some workshops. I did the last workshop I did was like a chaos to calm workshop where parents really um, started to look at what, what's going on when they react to their child. Because, you know, from talking to so many parents and myself included, when we react, you know, we hit the guilt, we feel bad. We don't want to be reactive. We want to show up for our kids and I can guarantee you when you really hone in and really stop the reactivity and, and yes, sometimes I get it, but you pull it in and rein it in very quickly, you, you're going to be rocking it. You know, you're going to feel like the best parent because it's, it's, it's when you really nail those moments that you're like, yep, yeah, this, is, this is what I'm here to do. You know, here, I'm here to be present with my child. And, you know, our children are not here to take on our projections so what's your one piece of advice then for people who are listening and they think, um, I just want to become a much more confident parent. What can you yeah. give them that they can just go away and try maybe now? Yeah. You know, what I've been doing the last kind of six months is a lot of work on focus. And this is what's creating our experience with our children, you know. So really start to notice what you're really focusing on. We think we're often focusing on one thing and we're really focusing on something else. You know, the more data you have in your life, the more information you'll get, the more you'll be able to see, ah, okay, I think I'm focusing on this and I'm actually focusing on all the things that are missing or not happening. So are you focusing on what your child's doing good or are you looking at them through the, the bad lens? That's from where what we believe also conditioned to believe what's good or bad. And a lot of these duality, which is, you know, the good, the bad, the right and the wrong, when we can start to parent beyond that, and not from seeing everything like that, we're able to meet the moment without our preconceptions of good, bad, right, wrong. And, and then our child is able to just be uh, themselves. They can mess up. We can 
support them. We're not labeling everything. You know, our ego wants to label everything and then we categorize it and then we tick boxes. And, you know, when we can start to see, oh, I see I, I'm, I'm looking at my child through this lens wonder why oh because my parents looked at me or I I learned that children should be quiet they should not they should listen they shouldn't speak up but yet the thing is we want our children to be able to speak up to the bully or to speak up to uh, an adult when something's not okay but we don't let them speak up to us and it's like why this is the playground in our house it's the playground speak up mess up do whatever obviously not dangerous stuff And this is where, you know, our own kind of conditioning of some perfect, some, you know, non-messy, you know, don't spill something, like don't break something. I mean, the amount of windows my son's broken in our house. I'm like, oh, just another window. Here we go. (laughs) Because I signed up for a child that loves playing sport and loves balls. And yeah, there's going to be a ball in the, through the window at times. I just know it's going to happen. You know, obviously you try and divert him away from windows, but somehow windows get broken. So, you know, it's really looking at what, how are you looking at your child? How are you looking at yourself as a parent? And then moving to a space beyond that. So you have opened my mind, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> and I'm sure there are many people around the world listening to it going, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I might need to have a think about a few things. So Nina, thank you so much for opening my mind and, and just sharing all that knowledge and information and hopefully opening the minds of many people who get to listen to this amazing episode. So mm. thank you, Nina, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you.